Very good. Thank you, Nick. <laughs> I've just been so struck this morning about all that, that God is doing and, and some of the challenges we're facing and different places we're going to. And I've just sat there thinking, how does this relate to patience, Lord? <laughs> but actually it's this, his timing is perfect. And, and I think that's what, what the focus is today. So we're looking at patience, but it's, it's his timing is perfect in all of these things. So, yeah, patience. I had a, a quick chat with Marilise this morning. She said, oh, patience. I said, yeah, I know. <laughs> I struggle with it too, Marilise. Uh, yeah, so I, from the outset, want to say that this isn't something I've got figured out. I'm a work in progress, like many of us. And uh, I've been given permission by my husband to share that uh, he's not here this morning because he's with my poorly daughter, unfortunately, but um, he, uh, I am often impatient with him when he decides to tell me again things that he's already told me a few times. He is impatient with me when I go to tell him a story and I get distracted by something else and he's desperate for me to finish what I'd started to say. So these are just a, a couple of examples, and uh, I've remembered them now, but when I was travelling to work uh, earlier this week, I was, I was talking to God, and I said, I could really do with a recent example, Lord, of something. And I was behind this car, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and just thinking to myself, well, I'm sure the speed limit is, is faster than this, on this particular road. God, please, come on, please give me an example. I just need something more recent I can think of. Yeah, they weren't going any faster. I'm sure this isn't that. I'm sure it's 50, maybe even national speed limit. Um, anyway, you, you can guess that eventually the, the sort of connection was made. And yes, I am also impatient with driving as well. So a few things that I struggle with. Um, Patience is defined by the Oxford Dictionary as the ability to stay calm <laughs> and accept a delay or something annoying without complaining. It's ouch, hey? <laughs> From the beginning. <laughs> and although we recognise this as a good thing and something that we would probably strive towards, the reality is that the world that we live in these days doesn't value patience. The focus is all about progress, which inevitably leads to doing things more quickly, doesn't it? If you think about the initiatives or inventions that have been developed, microwave ovens to reheat food more quickly, 3D printing to make manufacturing easier and quicker. Even we were talking about um, the, the great example, and, and again, I'm not against progress, it's a good thing, Jews coming to know Jesus through the internet is amazing. But information is just available, isn't it? We don't have to search through books anymore. You type into Google the question you've got, and you've got thousands of articles that you can just find information on. In fact, the other day I discovered an app. I won't name it, just in case. Um, but it summarises the, the sort of mainstream books that are available on key topics, whether that's management, parenting... So they put to, they, somebody has read all the books, has summarised it into key sort of um, takeaways. So you just look at it for 15 minutes and you're suddenly an expert on all this stuff. You don't have to read anymore. They'll do it for you. Pre-sliced bread. I'm grateful for that one because it looks more like a massacred carving rather than anything else when I have it. 
more sort of controversially for us, HS2 being created to shave off a few minutes of commute time. Achieving results is actually about being quicker for the world. And I'm not trying, as I said, I'm not trying to say that progress is bad, but if God's timing is perfect, then it's not always about being faster, is it? And to be clear, God can turn situations around in an instant. Colossians 1, verse 13. Go to the next slide. Wonderful. For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. If you're a Christian this morning, instantaneous, you have gone from darkness to light. 1 Peter 2, verse 10. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Instantaneous. This morning you're standing before God because of Jesus is righteous, as as was mentioned earlier. Instantaneous. But we still have to live in a sinful and fallen world, don't we? And we have to navigate the complications around that. So God can do things quickly, but he is also patient. And thinking about some of the promises of uh, the key characters in the Bible who had to wait. Abraham had to wait for Isaac a long time, much longer than I've had to wait for anything. The Israelites had to wander in the desert for 40 years before entering the promised land. And in creation, actually, even God took six days to create the universe, didn't he? He could have just said, let it be, and it was, but he took six days to do that. Have you ever thought of that? He took his time. God's timing is perfect and his timing requires patience for us. So patience is important. So why is it important? Well, it's, it's crucial for our relationships and that there are many verses in the Bible around this. Proverbs is a good book to go to on this. Proverbs 14, 26. Whoever is patient has great understanding, but one who is quick-tempered displays folly. Proverbs 15 verse 18 says, a hot-tempered person stirs up conflict, but the one who is patient calms a quarrel. And Proverbs 19 verse 11, a person's wisdom yields patience. It is to one's glory to overlook an offence. Incredible, isn't it? Can you relate to any of these? I quite like this this particular translation of to (laughs) hot-tempered. Are there situations or people that you come into contact with who make you hot-tempered? I think if we're honest, they're probably closer to home than we'd like to, <laughs> like to admit sometimes. But we can be so consumed by being right, being heard, being understood about a particular matter that we forget if we held our tongues a bit, if we had that patience in the situation or with that person, then actually we might find the situation improves or is a bit easier to deal with. Have you been in a situation where you you feel like you're arguing with someone, but then you get to the end of the argument and you're actually saying the same thing? Anybody done that before? And you're like, oh yeah, you you just came at it from a different angle. (laughs) I um, had a situation at work recently where I've I've had to encourage a member of staff to to just stop talking and let, let the person finish. Because in their their minds, they've been so caught up with what they think is going to be said that they jump ahead. They haven't listened to the argument. They haven't been patient to let that individual finish. 
Um, a lack of patience leads to a lack of understanding, doesn't it? Ephesians 4 verse 2. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. So it's not just about our relationships with non-Christians, is it? It's about how we relate to each other. We often have higher expectations of people who are Christians, and that's, that's a, an appropriate thing sometimes. You know, we've moved from darkness to light, so we're under a new lordship. But there are still times we get things wrong. We react, maybe in a way that wasn't necessarily the best. We're tired, hungry, had a bad day. All those things that mean we get it wrong. We need to understand that actually we're all works in progress, aren't we? To have... Um, to, to keep short accounts with each other, to be able to admit, do you know what, I got that wrong, I'm so sorry. Or to say, actually, you maybe shouldn't have said that at that time. We need to be patient with one another. And uh, you'll probably all know the First uh, Corinthians chapter 4 uh, description of what love is. If you've been a Christian a while, so what is the first descriptor of love? Patient. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. The Bible describes the first thing about love as being patient. Interesting, isn't it? How are we at displaying love for the people around us by being patient with them? And when I I say that, I do say we because it's me. (laughs) It is me too. The people I love the most, I I struggle to be patient with because I have those higher expectations of them to meet my needs, to understand what I'm trying to say. So, relationally, it's crucial. Um, Patience is also key for endurance. James 5, verse 7. Be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. And Romans 12, verse 12. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. It's about being patient in the good stuff and the difficult stuff. And I think it's sometimes harder with the difficult when you know God could just say the word. God, please just end this suffering. Please just provide in that situation. Sometimes we know he can do it, but he doesn't do it in the timing that we would like. And that's where it comes back to God's timing is perfect. And with hindsight, we we can see that sometimes. We get to the end of what we've been through and we think, oh yes, God taught me this or I I understand this better now or I got to meet that person through the situation. Patience enables us to endure what we have to face, knowing that God has got the situation in his hands and will lead us through it, whatever it looks like at the end. And knowing that he's good, that what he takes us through, he is with us in and wants to use it for our good and his glory. It's a, a fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5.22 says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience or forbearance might be one of the um, translations that you have. So it, it's not something that we can muster up. We need to be in step with the Spirit. We need to be spending time with God to have a Uh, sort of supernatural patience and you might find that sometimes when you've been going through situations your non-christian friends might have been saying I don't know how you're being so patient with this actually it's God in us isn't it him doing that work to to help us in those situations we need him to do that work 
And God himself is patient. I know I alluded to it earlier, but Nehemiah 9, verse 30 to 31 says, for, it says this, for many years you were patient with them, God's people. By your spirit you warned them through the prophets, yet they paid no attention. So you gave them into the hands of the neighbouring peoples, but in your great mercy you did not put an end to them or abandon them, for you are a gracious and merciful God. 2 Peter 3 verse 9, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, (laughs) with me, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. And uh, even in Romans 2, there's a, a um, a passage about not judging one another because we do the same things that we judge other people on. And verse four says this, or do you show contempt for the richness of his kindness, forbearance and patience, not realising that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance? So, So if you don't take away anything else from this morning, know that God is patient with you, that he, his patience is to lead people into relationship with him. Even if you aren't patient with yourself, His timings are about giving opportunity for people to repent and to turn to him. So maybe if you've been a Christian here a while, you know all this stuff. You've read the Bible, you could quote the verses, but it's still difficult, isn't it, to be patient. So why is that? You know, we have the spirit within us, we, we have relationship with God, but we still struggle. So what's the difficulty? Well, we we can be too busy, can't we? Life is hectic. I would love to be patient, but I just don't have the time. Anyone else feel like that? Yeah? I've just started uh, reading this book that was recommended to me by Bev. It's called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Has anyone read this? I would recommend it. I did get this from the library. Please don't put a reservation on it just yet. You'll see I'm not too far through it, and I'm a slow reader, so be patient with me. (laughs) Um, But he describes it in this way, his, his situation. All my worst moments as a father, a husband, and a pastor, even as a human being, are when I'm in a hurry. Late for an appointment, behind on my unrealistic to-do list, trying to cram too much into my day. I ooze anger, tension, and a critical nagging, the antitheses of love. If you don't believe me, and I've sort of paraphrased the next bit a little, next time you're trying to get your wife and children out of the house and you're running late, just pay attention to how you relate to them. Does it look and feel like love? (laughs) Yeah, somehow we've unwittingly bought into the lie that a busy life is a full life. Living your best life is cramming things in not wanting to miss out. There is a thing, isn't there? Fear of missing out. What is other people, what are other people doing? What should I be doing? Ironically, we end up missing out on the one thing that is most important. And uh, it's come back a number of times, actually, the story of Mary and Martha in Luke 10, 41. But Jesus says this, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. 
Is that a challenge for you this morning? Does time sitting at Jesus' feet feel like the better thing, if we're honest? Maybe uh, we find it hard because we get so distracted when we have our quiet times with God. And, and maybe it feels a bit like this sometimes for you. You start to pray and thank God and uh, move into a time of praying for a particular situation. Um, for me, it tends to be praying about work. Um, it might be other stuff for you. But then you start to think about work and the thing that you need to do during the day. Uh, you might think about leading on to then um, the conversations that you have with those people in the workplace, which reminds you about a, a lunch that you went on with that colleague from work and that amazing sandwich that you had from that cafe and how you, you really must go back there sometime to get it again. I'm glad you're laughing because I'm slightly worried that it was just me who has these moments. Okay. Ten minutes later, you remember that you're meant to be praying, feel bad, guilty because you haven't spent the time with God that you'd intended and you give up. Do not give up. Don't give up. God is patient with us and the more we practice stillness, we, the more we practice being alone with him, the easier it will become. Imagine what God could tell us, reveal to us and share with us if we took time just to sit and listen if we trained our minds to focus, if we disciplined ourselves a little, not to let our phones dictate what we pay attention to, but took back the control. So distraction might be activities or tasks that you need to do. Sometimes it's, it's inane thoughts. You just, your mind wanders, doesn't it? Like I've just described. We need to be aware of the world's tendency to keep us so distracted that we forget to make time for what's most important. So we can be busy. We can be too hard on ourselves and others because patience isn't truly valued by the world. We don't necessarily offer ourselves or others the same patience that God offers us. We become frustrated because we haven't progressed in the time frame that we thought we would. When there, actually there's other stuff God wants to do first or he wants to do something deeper than we've got time for. Lessons that he needs to teach us before we can continue. And I was really reminded of that when um, Simon shared his story a few weeks ago about wanting this encounter with God and God had to get him to a place where he was forgiving his parents, people who were around that week. Sometimes God wants to do something first, something deeper before we move on to the next thing. Uh, you're probably wondering what cereal has got to do with what I'm talking about. And... Uh, this, uh, this reminded me of a situation at home the other day. I was sorting out breakfast and spilt a quarter of a box of cornflakes onto the floor, which, uh, as you can imagine, was frustrating. Cornflakes are small and light, and they spread very far. So I, uh, in, in haste, swept up, had a look round, everything that I'd... Uh, I couldn't see anything. Job done. And then a, a week later, I bumped into the radiator underneath the shelf where I keep the cereal and I heard this tinkle onto the floor and I looked down and these pesky cornflakes were there again and I thought, I dealt with this, where have these come from? And uh, as I sort of looked around, I saw that there was a little collection on the radiator valve and I hadn't cleaned that bit, so I sorted it all out. But um, sometimes we can, can be like that with God 
or things that we're going through, the mess happens and we clean it up, don't we? We do our, our best, you know, things are going on, we've been hurt, whatever, and we clean it up. And then it's sometimes later, it resurfaces, doesn't it? And you think, God, I dealt with that. You took me through this, I prayed about this, I forgave that person, and yet it comes up again. Actually, sometimes we've not done the full job. You know, we've allowed God to go so far with us, but not as far as he needs to go. And it takes time, but he's patient with us. He is patient with us. He knows what we need. And whether that's that you are having to deal with situations for years, for months, for, for days, or for hours, he's patient. His timing is perfect. Sometimes we're not ready to change or, or stuff needs to happen first. And uh, with the story of Abraham and Sarah, um, actually, Ishmael is born before Isaac is because Abraham and Sarah think, Do you know what, maybe it's through um, Hagar, um, Sarah's servant, and Ishmael's born that way. And God comes to Abraham in Genesis 17 and it says, no, no, it's going to be through Sarah. Just be patient. <laughs> and uh, Abraham says, if only Ishmael might live under your blessing. And God replies, and I love this, yes, but... God wanted to bless Ishmael. God had a plan for Ishmael's life, but he wasn't the child of promise. That was still to come. Actually, God in his grace does things, maybe in t within that time that we're waiting. He wants to do something first before we get to receive um, the answer to the promise. He promised to pour blessing on Ishmael as well. We can confuse patience with apathy or settling it's not the same thing, but actually, if we've had to wait for something for a while, it can move, can't it, into apathy. We become, um, yeah, disappointed that it hasn't happened when we want it to. Hebrews 6, verse 12, thank you, says, we do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. The temptation can be to forget. The Bible has um, different parables that Jesus told about falling asleep while people are waiting. And uh, again, I, I was struck after Simon's preach last week um, about how that's happened in praying for my family who aren't Christians. When I first became a Christian, I was so keen on praying for them every day. And as things haven't happened or we've had difficult conversations, it gets harder, doesn't it? harder to, to pray. So it's something I need to have faith for again. When God says not yet, it's not the same as no. And I think we need to, to be mindful of that as well. Just because it hasn't happened in the timing we would like doesn't mean it won't happen. And uh, patience is an active thing. It's not passive. And I've uh, recently enjoyed watching Clarkson's Farm. I don't know if anybody else has seen it on Amazon, but at, towards the end of the series, they're preparing for harvest. And uh, the, uh, Jeremy Clarkson and his sidekick, Caleb, go out to the field each day with a moisture detector, it's called, and they take a sample of the crop and they grind it up and they have to get the, percentage, the, the crop within a certain percentage for it to be ready for harvest. So the... Uh, they go out every day and they have to measure it. No, it's not right, go back. And there's this active waiting for the right time. 
They didn't just settle for the levels that they got on that day because that's the day they'd assigned for harvest. If the, uh, the moisture levels weren't right, they waited. And neither did they prioritise other stuff so that they missed out on the opportune time for harvest. Their focus was on the harvest, everything related to the harvest. So they go out each day testing the samples, waiting for the opportune moment. And that's patience, isn't it? And that's the kind of patience that God wants us to have, whether it's waiting for his kingdom to come, whether it's uh, waiting for an answer to prayer or waiting for the, his fulfilment of promises that he's had over its life. It's active. It's saying God is now the time, not just letting other things take control or take our attention. So we've, we've looked at a few things this morning and I'm, I'm acutely aware of time as well. But what is God saying to you this morning? What places do you find yourself in where you struggle with patience? Maybe it's on the commute. Maybe it's at home. You know, children, family, spouses, or at work, difficult colleagues. Who do you struggle to be patient with? It's much more likely to be people close to home. Or has your patience started to look a bit more like apathy? Have you become a bit disillusioned, disappointed? What did you used to pursue God in prayer for that has started to grow cold? Maybe it's family like me, or a word that was spoken over, to, over you that you haven't seen fulfilled yet. Well, what can we do? First of all, we can pray. But when you pray, know that if you're asking for patience, God to help you with your patience, he's going to put you in situations where you're going to need to be patient. But we can pray and ask God for help. Ask to be filled with the Spirit and walk in supernatural patience. And as part of that, I really felt um, stirred about practising stillness as well. And, and I actually, on Friday after work, I just felt God say, you need, you need this. You need this yourself, Rachel. So I had some time Friday night just being still before God. And it, it's difficult. But the more we do it, the more we practise just stopping and listening. God, what, it is, what is it you want to say to me? The more he wants to reveal to us about himself. We need to remind ourselves of truth as well, what God's word says about who he is, about his patience and his call on us to be patient with each other. And let's try and carve out time. What things can you say no to? It's okay to say no to stuff. You're not gonna miss out. It will be okay. Life is busy and complicated and we need to be able to say no to things. Or could you put some margin around the things that you're doing in your day to give yourself time to get to that place or to make sure that you've got time um, in the bank if you need it? Maybe have a think about that over this next week. What, what is God saying? What do I need to say no to? How can I get that time to practice stillness with him? So what I'd really like to do is just spend the last few minutes, um, if the band could come back up, and, and let's just have, you know, we've got five minutes before 12, let's just have some time of stillness, actually, or whatever that looks like for you, and, and just let God speak to you about patience, about maybe it's for some of you, he's patient with you, and things do take time, and that's okay, or people that you need to be patient with. Let's just see what God wants to say to us individually this morning. <laughs>